You know, the Lord has been um, <clears throat> speaking lately. Let me rephrase that. The Lord, <laughs> I have been listening lately. <clears throat> I've been listening lately. Because um, little do you know how much commitment it takes to write. And when I do something, um, I go all in. I go all in. When COVID happened and, and everything was shut down and all the men in our house moved out, I was stuck with nothing but girls. And we went from watching Rambo to When Calls the Heart. <clears throat> and I thought I must hold on to my identity so I'm going to perfect my cooking skills. And so during COVID, I learned to, uh, to cook better. And I went all in. And my wife did not stop me. And she let me. <laughs> and uh, and we, we've, uh, we've had some tasty meals over the last several years. <clears throat> And so when the Lord began to ask me to write books for him, I didn't understand. Because I'll tell you this, the subject in which I write about causes a lot of conflict in people. I've seen people turn visibly red out of anger for the defense of God's word. Because when you speak against something that you religiously believe, and science is a religion, it offends people to the point where they will literally get angry with you. I've seen the nicest people in the world just completely flip in an instant when you mention God's word is above what we believe in science. And when I say science, I'm not just bad-mouthing science in general. I'm talking about the science that was created during a time when we were taking away our trust in God's word because, see, it didn't just start with the scientific revolution. It started before then. It started centuries before then. And you can go into the history of the Elizabethan era and, and the Renaissance and, and then the scientific revolution and then the Age of Enlightenment where you started to see during the, during the 1400s, you started to see the corruption and the denigration of God's Word and it produced a society that was secular, it produced a society like we have today where God's word is absent from every aspect of our government, every aspect of our public life, our public officials, that God's word is no longer important. And this started earlier in the 1400s in Europe. And that set up the ideal of a new renaissance, a new period, a new time when Everything was becoming acceptable where, where just the, the, the meagerness of mankind became something great. And that produced the scientific revolution. And it is during that time when everything we believed about God's word began to fail in public. And if you wanted to hold on to God's word, then you're going to have to reinterpret it. Because science is telling us something completely different from what God's word said. And it is during that time 
when we started to, when, when the scientists, scientists started to discover who we are as human beings. And who were we? We were not created from a God, but we were created from an animal. We were created from a microscopic organism that eventually turned into human beings. And that's what all of our science is based upon. That we didn't originate from God. We didn't come from God. We came from man's thoughts, man's words, man's creation. You are only a byproduct of a happenstance, of a, of a random chance that happened when the stars exploded and it produced the solar system. That's what the world tells you. But I'm here today to tell you that I'm not offering medical advice. I'm not offering any type of professional advice but I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe what Proverbs 3, verse 5 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The Bible tells us that when we put our faith in what God says, that it will literally bring health to your body. That's what the Bible says. You see, because we are tied closer to God's, the, the nature in which God made us, we're tied more spiritually than we are physically. We are more spiritual than we are physical. The problem is, is that when we, before we came to Christ, we were dead in our spirit. Before we came to Christ, we had no idea who God was. That's why we believed what the world told us. That's why we believed what society told us. Because there was no other truth out there except their word. But when we accepted Jesus Christ, he became the one who was the way, the truth, and the life. And it was confirmed in us by the Holy Spirit. And when we accepted Jesus, he put his spirit inside of us as a deposit, a guarantee of what was to come. And he placed the Holy Spirit in us so that we would know the truth. And the truth is that Jesus has redeemed us and saved us and has now changed our natural descent of a human being into a child of God. And our Father, and you only can have one, our Father is the one who sits upon the throne in heaven. Jesus changed that for us. The blood that flows through your veins did not come from a human descent when you accept Jesus Christ. You say, how is that, Pete? Because listen, science will tell you that all blood is is just this liquid that flows and carries oxygen. But you know what the Bible says? That there's life in the blood. That there's something special about our blood. That it has the ability to have its, res or its, 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 its source from heaven. That's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that we are children of God, that we are heirs and co-heirs with Christ, that we have taken on the image of the Son, and that we now are children of God. What does it mean to be a child of God? That's not a figurative thing. That's not just something that, that God says just to make us feel good. It is a fact. You are a child of God. I did something yesterday for my children that I don't normally do. I told them to go shopping. 
And I said, spend whatever you want. Keep it under 20 bucks, though. <laughs> and you know what my kids did? They obeyed. They went out and they spent. Why? Because they're my children. And their dad said they could go out and spend 20 bucks. And they got stuff for the room and stuff to paint and stuff to wear. And obviously my wife is not my child, so she spent a whole lot more. But we did that. Why? Because that's my family. And as a father, I just wanted to bless them. Just wanted to bless them with something small. Because they're my family. Now, my kids do not believe that that is a figurative thing. They do not say that my father acts like my father. They say, that's my dad. That's my dad. That's my dad. That's my dad. You're my dad. You're my dad. They even make these cute little songs about who I am. I'm their dad. But they don't believe that's figurative. They don't think that's some poetic saying. They don't think that it's just something that we symbolically say. No, I am their father. Jesus wants us to know that our Father sits upon the throne. The one who created heaven and earth sits upon the throne, and he is God. You know who he is? He's the Most High. He is the one who sits above all things. So your circumstances, your problems, your scenarios are all underneath his authority. He is above all things. And when the Bible says that God creates, it means that he has the ability to take something that did not exist and speak it into existence. That he's the one who gives life. You see, God took material from the ground, formed it into the shape of a body, and then breathed life into that body, into that dirt. And in the moment when life entered that dirt, it became a human being, fully functioning. Now, I know a lot of us don't think about the details of this story, but I want you to understand something, that God took dirt and he formed it and he breathed life into it. And in that instant, dirt, dirt had veins and bones and organs in that instant. Why? Because that's the power of life. And that's the power of God. That when he puts life into a person, it is not just a small thing. That God can take dirt and make it into a living being. Your blood, when you get saved, is the result of Jesus Fulfilling his promise. Because see, the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that those who believe in the name of Jesus has the right to be children of God. Has the right to be children of God. And we are no longer born of natural descent, of human will, or a husband's decision, but we are born of God. Jesus is not telling us something that is figurative. Jesus is not telling us something that he means in some poetic way. No, he, when he walked on this earth, was a child of God, a son of God. We, as we walk on this earth because of Jesus, we are children of God. Do you know what Jesus said as a man who is fully man and fully God? We know that Jesus would never lie to us. And you know what he said? He said that I am not of this world. 
Think about what Jesus said as a man. I am not of this world. Jesus, who walked on the earth, who had flesh and bones, who was born through Mary, a man who lived and breathed just like us, told people, I'm not of this world. Why? Because his father comes from a place that is above where we are. And when we are born again, it literally means to be born. When, when Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you must be born again, it literally translates as born from above. That we must be born from above. And when you give your life to Jesus, it is no just small little detail. It is not just something that just, you know, you do to make you feel good. It is a life-changing event. It is something that changes your origin and your nature from an earthly perspective into a heavenly child so when the lord as i read what god said to me this morning when he said son he didn't say that figuratively he meant that i was his family that i was his family and when he calls you son or daughter you are his child born from above and with that with that we must understand now what it means to trust in the lord he says this trust in the lord psalm proverbs 3 trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding we must trust the lord with everything we have inside of us to believe that god is god and his word will never fail that he speaks the truth he he's given us the bible and every single word in that book is designed for us to believe to trust to just to put all of our faith all of our hope in his word why because everything inside of us our natural self our old nature wants to tell us that it's not possible do you realize what the Bible is? The Bible is a book of impossibilities. And everything outside of the Bible is all about telling us it can't be done. But the Bible tells us that everything is possible through God. Everything is possible. And when he speaks something, it's going to happen. When he promises you something, it's going to be fulfilled. And no matter how much your mind tells you it can't, it will. And that's why he says, trust in me, trust in my word with all your heart. And do not lean, do not depend, do not try to put your understanding and, and, and grasp what's going on with your thoughts. Because why? His thoughts are higher than ours his thoughts are beyond us and when he tells us to trust in him and don't lean on our understanding he tells us and promises us that he's going to make it all work out he's going to make your path straight he's going to make it easy for you to walk you're at a game in blue earth and i don't know why they do not hire engineers to design bleachers because the step down between each step is beyond the normal height. And you know, I've been blessed with, well, I just don't have a lot of height. And my legs aren't that long. And so when I go up these steps, I mean, you know, I gotta, I gotta really go up these steps. And when I come down, it's like I gotta take a step and take a step. And I look weird coming down steps. Every time I walk down the bleachers, my whole family just sits there. Dad, your legs are too short. Your legs are too short. They, those bleachers are high, man. There's, there's a lot of width there. But the Bible says that even though 
It may be difficult for you. I'm going to level it out. I'm going to make it straight. I'm going to make it so that you can walk in a comfortable way. And you will know how much I love you because I will take things that are hard for you and make it easy. In all your ways, submit to him. Just submit to him. Just yield to his word. And he's going to make it possible for you to walk easy. Don't be wise in your own eyes. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a problem we all have. We all want to be wise in our, eyes, in our own eyes. We all want to figure it out. We all want to know what's going on. You know, I, I can't stand watching movies and people talk. And, I, and that includes my family. It's hard. It's just hard when they're just talking. You know, and, 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 and my family's gotten better over the years because, <clears throat> because they know that I don't like it, but they still talk. And, uh, and I've been accused of being unfair because, see, when I want to talk, I just pause the movie and I talk. And then, but they want to talk while it's playing. <clears throat> but, you know, there's some times we're watching a mystery movie, and, and this is really about extended family. We're watching a mystery movie, and, and some of my family members... They just want to know every detail. And I'm thinking, that's why they made the movie, so that you can watch it and learn what's going to happen. But see, we want to jump in and we want to know why, because it makes it easier for us to get through the story. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shun evil. Fear the Lord. What is fearing the Lord? It is simply getting to that place where he gives you a divine revelation of who he is. You see, when Peter was asked to, with Jesus, Jesus got into his boat and said, Peter, let's, let's put out for a little bit. I want to teach these people. So Peter get, Jesus gets in Peter's boat, and P- Jesus is speaking to the crowd, and he finally dismisses them. And then he tells, he tells Peter, let's go out and let's go fishing. And this is during the time when you don't go fishing. Peter is a professional fisherman. He knows how to catch fish. And Peter says, listen, Jesus, thank you. I heard everything you said. You're a good preacher. That's great. But let me tell you how my job is. My job is about catching fish, and I do this for a living. And, and you don't go out at this time. This is the wrong time to go out. But because you say so, Lord, I'll do it. And so Peter goes out with this <clears throat> with his boat and they throw the net over, and what happens? You know the story. The net is filled, and the nets don't break, but there's so many fish. The boat starts to sink. Peter waves over his business partners. Come on. They're filling up all these boats. This is one of the most profitable and successful day that Peter and his business partners ever had. This is a day where you would be high-fiving. This is the day where you would start to realize, man, I'm going to be able to buy the house I want. My wife, I'm going to get her those sandals that she's been looking at this whole time. It's going to be awesome. And you start rejoicing. But you know what happened to Peter? Peter had a divine revelation of who Jesus was. In the midst of one of the greatest moments, Peter goes to Jesus in the boat, falls at his feet and says, Lord, I'm a sinner. See, Peter realized who Jesus was. That's what fear of the Lord is. So if you want to fear the Lord, just get involved and get in his presence and he will show you who he is. Because I know who I am without Jesus. It is someone that is not proud. It is someone that is not able to hold his head up because I know who I am without Jesus. And when you get into his presence and he shows you who he is, oh, you just begin to fear him. 
you just begin to have that reverence, that awe, and realize that, God, you are so much more. So the Bible says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. How can just simply listening and believing and trusting in God's Word bring health and nourishment to your bones? You want to know why? Because His Word is living and active. And remember what I said about Adam and the dirt? That when life came into that dirt, in an instant, it went from material of dust and dirt into veins and bones and blood. And I'm telling you that when God's word gets into your life, it is alive and it brings life. And that life will nourish and bring health and will bring long life into you. This is what God's Word says. This is what God's Word promises. That's what's called wisdom. When you hold to wisdom, and what is wisdom? It is knowledge and life experience together. It's when you put those things together, when you put your knowledge of God's Word and your experience of who He is, and you put those things together and you live it out. That's what wisdom is. And you know what happens when you hold on to wisdom? When you take his word, when you begin to, to trust his word and believe his word, and you reject all the things that aren't of God, you trust in him, you, you seek him, and you, you don't try to rationalize it, you just trust what he says, you know what happens? This is what the Bible says. Verse 13, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. I remember reading this verse when I was going through this understanding of how important it is to get to, to know his word. This was in 2014, and I was sitting there and I was reading this, and I got mad when I read this. Because it said, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. Because for two years, in 2014, for two years, all I could do was study the Bible. That's all I could do. I couldn't go out to eat. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, I, all I had was just enough money to keep the lights on in the home and to read my Bible. And I am sitting here after two years, and I finally read this verse. I, I read it several times, but it, the Holy Spirit just kind of opened my eyes at this verse. And I read this verse, and I was so mad. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she's more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. I said, Father, I've been seeking you for two years. I've been looking at your word. I've been trusting you. I, I, I've been seeking wisdom. And you tell me that I'm going to be blessed, that it's more profitable for me to sit here and seek wisdom than it is to go out and get a second job and to earn money you're telling me and I said you know what fine and I sat in my chair and I said I'm not moving until you show me that this verse is true I'm not kidding a few seconds later my wife slides underneath the door two checks she didn't want to interrupt my time of study so she just slid them on the door and one check was for the church and one check was for us a blessing and I said okay God I think you're serious This is what the Bible says when you seek wisdom. She's more profitable than silver and yields better return. Listen, I know we have jobs and we have responsibilities. We've got to go and do what we need to do in order to survive this world. I understand that. But if you make time 
to seek wisdom. It will reward you. God will reward you. And he says this, she's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant and all her paths are peace. And listen to this. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. God's word will bring life into your soul. If you feel confused or desperate, you don't understand what's going on, get into his word. He will bring life. When you feel like you just can't go on, you just you feel so tired of carrying the burdens that you do, get into his word. It will bring life because his word is alive and active. And when life comes into the scene, things change. <laughs> things change. Adam was created from dust. When life was brought into that dust, he became a living being. God put him to sleep, took his rib, and all of a sudden life entered that rib again, and it produced Eve. There's something powerful about trusting his word that is alive and active. So I challenge you, if you're looking to get healthier, get into his word. If you're looking to know him more, get into his word. If you're looking to believe him more, get into his word. And then when you get into his word, don't you dare try to figure, figure out what's going on. You just trust what it says and you believe what it says. And you don't lean upon your own understanding. And you just say, okay, God, I'm in. Now that sounds kind of naive, Pete. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like a child. Because children believe anything. Children believe anything because they have no idea that you're trying to lie to them or hurt them. And you know what Jesus said? That we need to be like them to inherit the kingdom of God. So be a child. Be a child. Be someone with the expectant faith that what God says is true. Like when I tell my family, hey, we're going to go out to eat today. Yeah, see, they believe it. But believe me, I'm not going to take them out to eat because I want to. The Lord worked on your behalf. Yes. See, they don't, see, they don't they doubt my word. But you must trust his word. You must trust and believe what he says. And then all of those things are going to happen. The life, the riches, the honor all of the blessings and health to your bones, all of those things. Why? Because we trust in Him. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this morning. God, something stirred in my heart to share these words this morning. Lord, I could not even put a title on what I just preached, but I do know this, that the people who heard today heard something that You wanted to speak to them. So whatever it is, God, I pray that you would burn it in their hearts deep. 
God, that they would be able to know that your word is live, it is living, it is active, and it has the ability to bring health. It has the ability to bring honor, to bring riches, to bring reward. It has the ability to do things that your word tells us it can do because your word will never fail. Your word is alive, it is active, it is, and you are faithful and you are true. And so, Father, I pray that you will be with your people. I pray, God, that your church, God, will experience, Lord, the power of knowing your word. They would experience the, the awesomeness of getting it closer to you. They would experience what it means to have faith in the one who never changes and who never lies. So, Father, I pray that you would bless your people. I pray, God, that you would just reward and, and, and flood them with goodness, God. Because your word tells us that there is no good thing that you will withhold from those who love you and walk blamelessly before you. God, you will not withhold any good thing. So I pray, God, you do not withhold any good thing from them. Even this week, you would bless them with what you've promised. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.